Girl, what are we talking about today? <laughs> what are we talking about today? We are talking about life. We're talking about the new year. We're talking about our goals for the new year and any insights that have come up lately. Right? All right. Yes, I'm down. I'm down. Episode number three. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's so good to hear from you. You too. I'm so excited. I miss you. I miss you. And I'm so excited for today's show. We are upon the new year. It's coming up. It's coming up. 48 hours. Boom. It's going to be here. (laughs) We're talking about it. We're talking about the new year. We're talking about insights. We're talking about just... Yeah. Any rituals, any, any new year rituals, anything like that? Yeah. Well, I can definitely jump in and start telling you about, um, the rituals in Panama. Like we have, Please do. Oh my gosh, girl. First of all, the Panamanians have this whole thing about new year's. New year's is a big deal. Okay. Um, first of all, you have to eat some black eyed peas. That's okay. like a must. Um, it's going to bring you wealth. Okay. It's going to bring you abundance. Mm-hmm. Um, and exactly at 12 o'clock, you have to eat a grape because oh. it said that grapes are going to um, bring you abundance as well. Mm. And, you know, um, you have to do one grape for each month of the year. So that's oh. 12 grapes and you okay. have to spit out the seeds. And yes, oh. there should be seeds because, you know, those are real grapes. Right. Obviously. If it doesn't have any seeds, that's then it's not going to work. Modified. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. It's not going to work. It's yeah. not going to work. It's not going to work. <laughs> um, okay. But... Yeah, I, I just love it. I love it. You got to have money in your hand exactly at 12 o'clock because oh. that will bring you money, financial abundance as well, into the new year. Um, what else? What else do we do? We do a lot of things. Burn sage, clear out all the negative energies, push it out. Oh, I love that. Some people um, in my family, they also, hey, when it's 12, they open the door to let good luck in and send oh. the bad luck out. I love it. It's hard because sometimes I can't even stay up till 12, girl. Oh, you're talking. Okay. This whole time you're talking about midnight. Midnight. For some reason I was picturing noon and I was like, yeah, this is all very reasonable for 12 PM. (laughs) Now that I know that you're eating it or sorry, doing these things at 12 AM. Yes. Different. It's, 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 it's hard. It's hard. But um, honestly, besides all of those things that we do in Panama, um, we have established like a little ritual of just creating a vision board for our family. The kids make a cutout. They cut out. They we put a little poster together and we go over our goals. Okay. So I'm not even going to touch on that yet. I want to know about you. What do you guys do? I we don't have like family I haven't created any type of like true family um, traditions for mm-hmm. me for New Year's. Um, I will say that. So my mom, as you know, is white. My dad is black. And one year I thought it was really cool because my mom cooked a New Year's dinner mm-hmm. um, on New Year's Eve that she said was like something her dad or sorry, my dad had shared with her that was a family tradition. And so I now that I'm talking about it, I want to reach out and actually chat with my siblings on my dad's side to, um, I don't know, kind of not necessarily confirm, but just see what they do for New Year's too. But um, what my mom remembered from 
you know, my dad's family was black eyed peas. Yes. Similar to what you just said for yes. the good luck. I remember greens and greens mm. was for financial abundance. Money, money, um, money. Cornbread, if I remember correctly, was like for good health. Okay. Um, and I don't know that I remember, but everything on the plate, there was like something to it. And I thought that was really cool that like my mom, you know, decided to, um, to try to just incorporate some culture that I, I didn't have in my life regularly just because of my dad's choices at the time. So yeah. that was cool. But outside of that, um, for me personally, something I've done for the past few years is choose a word at the beginning of the year. Ah, oh, love the idea. Love yeah. the, I already have my word, girl. What's your you word? You do? Your word? Yes. Oh, no, no. I have not even taken three seconds to sit down and like let it come. But yeah, what's oh. your word? What's your word? Okay, my word, and I know this to be my word, and this is to be true, is patience. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's patience. And I know you're probably laughing. I know, I know. And I'm going to let the audience know why you're laughing. <clears throat> <clears throat> my best friend is That's laughing funny. because patience has been my word for, I don't know, maybe a decade. So funny. Um, <laughs> but let me tell you this I have, I am, I'm very excited about next year in terms of All patience right. because. This is the year for real, for real. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Yeah. I know last year I said the same thing. Right. But last year, just to put it in perspective uh-huh. for those people that don't know, mm-hmm. I had just gotten initiated. I just got initiated into IFA, which okay. that is a whole nother story mm-hmm. um, that we're not going to get into today. Right. But if you're interested, hashtag IFA. I love it. Um, I just got initiated and a lot of what I was told and about like self-reflection that I looked Mm -hmm. within myself was, Oh my God, I really do lack patience. I really Mm. lack patience in everything that I do. Mm. And I said, you know what? I'm going to start. I got initiated last year in October. Okay. So October, November, December, I was, that's three months in. And I'm like, yeah, patient. Little did I know that this was going to be the hardest year. (laughs) One of the hardest years of my life. Wow. So because of that, um, I have now a new lens and I'm just like, okay, patience has been popping out as a word, as a symbol, as, mm-hmm. you know, in prayer mm. over the last two months, strong, mm. okay. strongly girl, okay. strongly. And I'm just like, okay, I can't deny it. I can't okay. deny this okay. right now. And, um, I have a, a story that, that my, my elder told me the other day, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go into it, but it's just essentially like when you have patient success is coming, it, it success is just like uh, right around the corner when you have mm. patient and I'm talking success in longevity and good health and marriage and parenthood and all of those areas that you are seeking, it's going to mm. come. But as long mm. as you have that foresight of patience first, all of that other stuff can come easily okay. you're allowing that space there okay so um that is my goal and i'm gonna hold myself accountable and i hope you hold me accountable as well no, and also it. impatience with talking like as i know as if anybody knows me they know that i interrupt people unconsciously <laughs> unconsciously it's unconscious and it's with love i promise <laughs> it's not malicious i love promise it. it's not to one up anybody i promise it's not to it's just i'm so fucking excited yes. and i just like ah Yes, yeah, I get yeah. it. I feel you. Yes. Oh, wait. So, and I just can't wait to talk, but right. not anymore. 
I'm okay. gonna let them finish their thought. Oh, okay, okay. I see you, girl. I, know. I, I know. see you over here. I know. I've been doing better with you though for a while. <laughs> I think specifically you. Have. you. My yeah. spouse, not so much. Okay. Everyone else, no. But I'm really conscious of it because you and I could have that mature conversation where you're like, bitch, like, oh. can you let me talk? I'm and I done. think that was about I'm five done. years ago. So I think <laughs> after these five years, I've definitely done better. So, <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. I am laughing because I actually wasn't laughing because of that. Oh. I was laughing. <laughs> <laughs> because when they say when you pray for patience, it just gets hard. So yeah, yeah. I feel like you did that last year and then are just asking for it again this year, <laughs> yeah. which is admirable. Because, yeah, <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know if I have the courage to ask for patience. Um, yes, girl. But I will say that I feel like I have focused on patience in the past. But um, interestingly, the other day my husband I was talking to my husband about I don't even know what we were talking about but like his like the speed or his pace or something like that and um and I took this as a compliment but he said you literally have no urgency in anything you do (laughs) I was like oh my god thank you like that is the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me and he's like what do you mean I'm like I I've always I've always felt like a ball of stress I think especially since having kids it's like you got to do this you got to do this and everything's gonna be perfect and like it's just um it's a lot and stressful and like go 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 and I am obviously in a better place to where my husband thinks I don't even I don't give a shit about anything, basically. I love he's it. Like, I love you it. You have no urgency. He's like, you just, you're just like, whatever. You just leave. And like, he's like, I jokingly said the other day when you <laughs> left at 10 a.m. that mm-hmm. I would see you at 4 p.m. Mm-hmm. And you didn't get home until 5. And I was like, we were hanging out, you know? We had met oh, people, no. had conversations. Like, no way. Just, you know. But, <laughs> Complete <laughs> opposite. Complete opposite <laughs> over here. Hell no. Hell no. Everything needs to be done, 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 done. And I know that, you know what, though? I really do admire that. I mean, even when it comes to um, if you have a flight the next day, I really admire how you handle just traveling. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't. I can't travel the way you do. And Mm -hmm. I I think that's why we've never been able to simultaneously go on a trip together. (laughs) That would be another goal maybe for 2024, 2025, because... I break out in hives. I'm, I understand that. I, I am a stress ball. I've packed a week before. Oh, no. Mm-mm. Yes. Um, not the night before, like yeah. um, some people. Yeah. Uh, no. I'm packed a, a week before, and I'm just a ball of nerves a week going into the flight. But, like, what are you nervous about mm-hmm. is what I don't understand, I think. For some reason, I have this unusual fear that I'm going to miss a flight. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and then so say you missed the flight, then what? Oh my God. There's now I have to try to find another one. Now I have to talk to a ticket person. Now I have to like, <laughs> I'm just going crazy in my head right now. And oh, I don't want to okay. have to do that. I want to have to be able to scan my, my phone. Um, actually, I don't even like it on my phone. I want it printed out. I want to oh. go to oh. the kiosk, print out my ticket, oh. and have it in paper. I have oh. it. It's hard, it's physical. Okay. I'm okay. that type of millennial. Yes. All right. Um, and I just, I can't, I need to be there two hours before, whether Mm -hmm. it's international flight Mm -hmm. or domestic. 
No. Uh, yeah, I, I can't do it the way you do it. I don't even leave my house two hours before a flight. Oh, my and God. I live two hours from the airport. Oh, I'm just my kidding. God. <laughs> just kidding. Oh, my God. <laughs> I will get there. Like, if, if I'm feeling, you know, like, good, yeah. then I will aim to be there an hour ahead of time. And I just, that to me is like way too much time. I don't like sitting around. Like if I park, I park yeah. at eight. The The flight is boarding at nine. Like <gasps> why would I, what am I going to do between eight and nine? You're going to get breakfast. You're going to go through security. No, no, no. See, I already ate breakfast. I'm not eating at the airport. It's too expensive. So I'm going to like eat my granola bar in the car or whatever. So I already ate. So that's part of it. Okay. Like you want to sit down and have a meal, whatever. I don't do that. Yeah. So now what? I'm going to okay. go through security. I have TSA pre-check. Oh, so wow. fancy. Okay. Okay. See, I, I don't I'm, have that. There's no line. There's okay. no line. Okay. okay. See, there's, that's prob- that it. would probably add to my stress if I didn't have it. But that's why I have it. Uh-huh. Because it takes away stress. Because I know I'm going to walk up in there. I'm, I, I do the mobile boarding pass. I have graduated to the next level. Thank you. Um, I do things digitally <laughs> over here sometimes. So yeah, I take my boarding pass on my phone mm-hmm. to the pre-check guy. I ask, do you need to see my ID? Cause I don't know. Every time it's different. I swear. Right. Usually I think it's a yes. And I show my ID. They say, thank you very much. Go. I don't have to take off my shoes. I put my bag. I go in. I'm in. I mean, that took like 15 minutes. So now okay. I have 45 minutes to just oh. stare at people. That's okay, so wait, wait, annoying. wait, wait, wait. Let's let's take in consideration the airport we're talking about. If you're talking about the San Antonio, Texas airport, I can give a little bit, maybe show up an hour early instead of two. Yeah. If you're talking Washington, D.C., Dulles mm-hmm. International or mm-hmm. Reagan mm-hmm. International, Miami, mm-hmm. Atlanta, okay. I can't do it. And I could see wanting to, like, if I was leaving from there, but if I'm like, I don't, so I don't fly out of Dulles anymore. I live in Pennsylvania, as you know, so I, I fly out of Buffalo or Pittsburgh. So mm-hmm. they're bigger airports, but they're not, you know, they're not DC. So right. but st- I mean, but still, I mean, even when I like, I go to LA when I, when I am getting my Uber, Mm-hmm. I might aim to be there like an hour and 15 minutes ahead of time. But like, again, oh I'm not parking. I'm just going to get the Uber to the airport and I don't have to find a parking spot. I just go in, go through the pre-check. And then all I got to do is find my gate. Just okay. What about her. with kids? What about with kids? <clears throat> when you add the kids? Well, definitely add time for the kids because oh they're God. young. Uh-huh. My kids are two, four and eight right now. So uh-huh. yeah. We got to stop. We got to go potty. We got to yes, change the diaper. We got to go. Oh, now you want a snack. Okay. Oh, my, you <laughs> dropped your blanket again. It's disgusting. Okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah, exactly. that's a different story. But I don't exactly. be traveling with my kids like that because I'm See, saying, and so. I always do. I'm uh, with the I'm always traveling with them. Mm. I don't think I've traveled without mm. them since I went to your baby shower for mm. your first child, Jesus. Mm. So that was like. Mm-hmm. years ago mm-hmm. everything else mm-hmm. i'm with the kids i'm with yeah. the kids so i think that that's also added stress but so, so then you guys get <clears throat> to the gate obviously like way ahead of time you'll yeah. sit down and you don't board for what we're just chilling we're relaxing i know for that how we're long good. like how long maybe, are you gonna sit there well maybe like maybe 40 minutes maybe just so maybe 40 minutes me. i a uh, girl i can't i can't for me to just sit here like if i'm sitting down and i have to wait 40 minutes 
I'm I'm good. I feel comfortable. I feel safe. I feel supported. Oh and that God. might be some trauma that we might need to pick later on. But- I just feel annoyed. <laughs> I'm wasting my time. I could have been I could have slept in my mind what happens is if I'm if I sit down on my gate and it's 45 minutes until we board, mm-hmm. I'm thinking immediately I could have slept an additional 45 minutes. Yeah. No. And I'm kind of, and within that 40 minutes, I'm like, do you have to use the bathroom? Let's do this. Do you need anything? Like I'm getting like little okay let's get some gum let's get whatever we need i have it in my bag but just in case you know i'm getting extra napkins i'm a girl i don't know what i i I don't know what's happening in my head identify with the just in case with kids yeah with kids yes you gotta have everything because and especially like the the younger ones you gotta have the colors (laughs) excuse me you gotta have the coloring book you gotta have whatever else you know your little activities yes okay yeah but by myself no. Yeah, by myself, I think I just need to travel more by myself, and I haven't done yeah. that, and that's mm-hmm. why I just have this this thing. Yeah, that I need to. Also, I, need to fix. I will uh-huh. say what might help you is to actually miss a flight because I've done that before. Oh, <clears throat> don't think I can do that. Don't think I can do that. I think I'd literally die. I would probably go oh somewhere in the corner, no. under a desk, and be like, "Help me!" No, I don't even know what to do. How do you, what do you do? You just do you go do? up to the desk and you say, Hey, I missed my flight. Can I like, how can I get to San Antonio or, you know, wherever you're going? And they say, the next flight is at three. And you say, okay. And they and put you on the. Oh my God. That's it. Oh. That's it. Oh. <laughs> so you just got to wait a little bit, but I mean, wh- whatever, the- like <sighs> consequences, choices and consequences. Wait, that's true. That's true. I love that. That's the next episode. Choices <laughs> and consequences right there. Speaking of that, yeah. have you seen the documentary called Stuts? From, Stuts. Yes, Jonah Hill. He cried. did a documentary on his therapist. I cried three times during yeah. it. Really? I, I didn't actually finish it because I was just so... So what so brought you good. to tears? Well, first of all, so Stutz is the therapist for Jonah and Stutz has Parkinson's disease. Mm-hmm. And so... I know just from my background as a physical therapist, how debilitating Parkinson's Mm -hmm. can be. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had patients with Parkinson's. It's a progressive chronic progressive disorder, which means it doesn't go away. It just gets worse Mm -hmm. as it goes. And um, you'll have certain, just depending on your Parkinson's and how it affects the brain, you can have tremors, you can have different types of tremors, um, and then different parts of your body can have difficulty functioning the mm-hmm. further along it gets, like your lungs or your mm-hmm. heart or mm-hmm. your brain. And so <clears throat> um, it's, first of all, like that was, that was a big part of it. It was so sad to watch this man who is obviously so skilled mm-hmm. and intelligent and helpful. I think that's mm-hmm. like the biggest part. I don't know. Like he, all he wants to do is help people mm-hmm. and, and he does help people and, and the tools that he provides Jonah with for managing his, his stress, his depression, his addiction, whatever Jonah has gone through are like invaluable. And I feel like they're so helpful and they're like tangible, actionable things that people can do to make improvements on their life. Um, and so this person who, who is providing so much to the world is just, it's, it's like when I watch him and you like, you see his tremors and stuff, it's like, it's like, you can just see this like invisible, you know, like clock behind him. And I know that that's 
probably kind of silly because we all have that clock like we're Mm -hmm. all gonna die but i don't know it just seems like it brings me closer to death because he's because of his condition so i think that was the first part of it like that's what made it so emotional it was like oh my god like get everything out of him before he dies you know like he's so uh, oh my god i didn't even see it like that yeah so that was like the biggest part Okay, so just to give everyone a little bit more explanation, so basically Stutz flips that typical doctor-patient dynamic um, and has an intimate conversation between Stutz, the doctor, and Jonah Hill. And um, you, it's not that some type of, of, of a conversation where you'll see where the patient is lying on the therapist's couch and they're asking and they kind of try to flip it and they go over something... Um, like tools, tools. Mm-hmm. It's like a raw, vulnerable nature conversation about tools that Stutz has created using visualization exercises intended mm-hmm. to help anyone mm-hmm. uh, let go of their negative innermost thoughts and live a happier, less anxious life. Right. And the moment that you said Parkinson's disease, you, you, your <clears throat> perspective was it as like almost, I don't want to say it was negative, but it was kind of almost sad. That's what I was getting. Sure. Yeah, yeah, With yeah. me, you know, my grandfather, he's mm-hmm. an Olympic, uh, Olympic runner um, for mm-hmm. Panama. He mm-hmm. had Parkinson's his whole life. Mm-hmm. He died because it constricted his air, mm-hmm. like just breathing, mm-hmm. gasping for air. That's how mm-hmm. he died. Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> He's battled with Parkinson's, I think, it pretty much as young as Stutz did because Stutz wow. was pretty young. He yeah. said he, he had it maybe, I think, maybe in his, in his 20s, right? 20s, 30s. Yeah. Yeah. My, my grandfather had it, like, I think 35, 40s. Really? Yes, wow. it started really early. So I never wow. looked at it as debilitating. Wow. I always looked at it as there. these are strong men overcoming something because mm. my grandfather lived his life no matter what. <laughs> like, he... He forced himself. He he was like, no one is going to stop me from living. Like, I mm. want to keep doing these things. And, you know, Stutz, at one point, he was, oh, I'm getting kind of stiff. I need to do some push-ups and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just, mm-hmm. like, my grandfather would be like, okay, let, he would, I'd be like, okay, let's do some push-ups. And he would try to really get on the ground and oh do them. And I'm like, wow. abuelo, you can't do it. And he was like, yeah, I can. <laughs> yes, I can. Oh. It, it, he always had that mentality. So, really? and, and I never saw it negative or sad. I saw it like, wow, strength. Look at that. Wow. Like, yeah. Parkinson's is not going to stop somebody from over here helping people, helping yeah. them overcome things. Yeah. Like, my grandfather didn't. He was always the life of the party. Um, and he, I know he didn't want to go out that way. And I yeah. know he, he was very, he was very scared of um, death. Not mm. scared, but he didn't want to die. And I know yeah. that. And because of that, that's the only inkling of, of it that I felt sad. But the Parkinson's, it's almost as if like I felt like they accepted it, yeah, in different ways, and we're using it, yeah. we're using it to um, make life better in a way. But um, well, yeah, and I and I can appreciate that. And like, what's coming up is I'm thinking like, well, I just you know it's just sad because it's like why does this life have to be so hard? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's like well, who else should it be? You know, like whose Absolutely. life should be hard? Like it's not my place obviously to determine who like the cards that were all dealt um Mm -hmm. but uh but with that yeah it's i can see how someone having a parkinson's diagnosis can uh if they choose to you know respond in that way can make them so much stronger and so much more resilient um and i think for me just 
Well, one of the things that Stutz said was like three things in life that are mm, you cannot constant. avoid. Yeah, are pain, uncertainty, and um, what was constant the last work. One? Constant work. work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those three things you can't avoid them. So essentially, the goal of life isn't to avoid pain or uncertainty or work. It's to figure out when you encounter those things, how do you handle them? Exactly. So, and I love that. And I, I just. I didn't know this documentary had been out for a while. Somebody re- recommended it to me recently. And I'm just like, it was very timely because mm. I'm in this place of kind of encountering that. Like growth is uncomfortable. Um, mm-hmm. Uncertainty is uncomfortable. Hard work is, it's, it's hard, you know, mm-hmm. like sometimes. And so it's like, just like the recognition alone that mm. those things are going to happen. You can't avoid them. Like to me, that's, like acceptance that's step one right like accepting reality for what it is like that already makes it easier because oh okay well i'm not gonna avoid this you know i'm gonna have pain i'm gonna have uncertainty and i'm gonna have to work so knowing that okay (laughs) (laughs) what do i do about it so that it was just really helpful and i i appreciate it so i've watched it most of the way through the, the the first time. And then now I want to watch it again with my journal and like take yes. notes and draw out his things and, um, and really like reflect as I go because, oh my gosh, just a lot of goodness, a lot of goodness. But you know what so he much. said? He did say something that you just said. He did say he was, he wasn't able to have like a romantic Mm-hmm. life partner or mm-hmm. um, a child and he did think when he was really thinking about it and got really deep he a little a part of it was because of the parkinson's was because mm-hmm. of his disease well his fear right his he said fear, it was like his exactly. fear that like he wouldn't exactly. be good enough for something because of it exactly and he he said it he was like that's my shadow and he had mm-hmm. to always remember mm-hmm. so the shadow is also a tool where <clears throat> it's um it's a part of yourself that you're more that you're ashamed of Right. The part of you that you wish didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sometimes we have to visualize it, honor it and engage with it. Mm-hmm. So the shadow and he also talks about something uh, called part X. Mm-hmm. Part X is your doubts, your deepest fears. And the shadow is the byproduct of the part X. And um, when you learn to exist within them and realize like they're not going to go away. Right. But acknowledge them and say, all right, buddy, you can you can take a seat now. You're I know you're going to be there. But there's nothing to be ashamed about, because what is constant? You have the the pain, the uncertainty and the constant work. So if you know that this is always going to be happening. Learning to live with it instead of trying to um, either cower from it or just be in this state of just sadness of like, Mm -hmm. oh, this is my life. This is my life. This is my life. Overcoming it is that's the journey. The journey right. of all of that is life. Right. Is exactly. Life. And I that's think, didn't he say yeah. like there happiness isn't, he said something to the effect of like happiness isn't a destination. It's not like you, like these goals that you make, mm-hmm. Jonah was saying like, you know, I wanted to like achieve certain things and like awards and all that. And then you like you, he did it yeah. and then he's there and he's just like, uh, okay. Exactly. I don't feel different. Exactly. Um, that was exactly. one of the parts that I cried actually was when he was talking about his shadow and he said his shadow was like, I think a 13 year old version of himself. And then I loved that he made himself tangible in yeah. the form of a cardboard cutout of a picture of him <laughs> when he was that age. And he said he was overweight and he was so ashamed of that part of him. And so he's looking at him and it's like, imagine just like looking at 
you know, yourself, that part mm-hmm. of you that you're so ashamed of. And he's, and, and Stutz had him do an exercise where mm-hmm. he asked him to, um, you know, ask his shadow what he needed. And it was, I'm paraphrasing, but something to the effect of like, I want to be included, you know, mm. because Jonah tried so hard for so long to just make that part of him disappear. Like as if he didn't exist, mm-hmm. not realizing that that was him. So yep. in, in, a, in his attempt to make his, his shadow disappear, he was also like muting or like putting, putting down, putting himself down yep. his, his own self, his current self, even though he was thinking of a past version, it's the same you, you're the same soul from the day that you're born to right now to 20 years from now, like it's the same exact you. So okay. in, in his attempt to cancel essentially his old self, he was, <clears throat> excuse me, doing that to his self. So that shame and that guilt um, was not allowing him to truly accept himself and to truly love himself fully. And yeah. that was like, it was just so it's profound. It really is. It is. <clears throat> it really like, is. very emotional to think of like you, that part of you that you're so ashamed of that you don't want to share with the world. And then just the thought of like a 13 year old kid, you know, being yeah. like, I just want to come to, you know, like, I just yeah. want to hang out. I want to be, I want to be at the party. Like I want to celebrate your success. And, and especially like, not that anybody's success is better or worse than another's, but like, especially for Jonah having the, you know, the wild success that he's achieved to have that 13 year old version of himself get to like sit in the back seat, basically, you know, like, mm-hmm. and just be there like, mm-hmm. and be so proud. Like of I him. got you, man. Yeah. Like, like look yeah. what we did. You we know? did this together. I wonder, I wonder, so does that mean like change, you know, change is constant and people can change. People do change. We can change our mind. But if we had a moment where we were this one thing, or we, I guess for lack of better words, identified as one thing, do you think that that it will always be with you? well I do because that's your truth in that moment Mm -hmm. so and that's and that is you and that is what you how you were experiencing life at that time and now you're experiencing life in a different way maybe with different choices but you're still you like that is still you you made different choices now you're making these choices but you're still the same person and I think it's I think it comes down to kind of like empathy Mm. like dang you know you made those choices when you were just just using Jonah's example when you were 13 like I you know like I understand why you did that everything that you had in your life leading up to that point led you to make those choices and I understand yeah and I love you still and I think that's like where where that healing comes from is to take all of those parts of you that you think are unlovable because of your choices or because, because you were overweight or because you didn't do good in school or like whatever it was, you know, like for a person and you're like, I just want to like hide that from the world. Yeah. You're You're trying to hide it from yourself too. So bringing it to light for you, like you don't have to, that doesn't mean you have to go run and tell everybody I used to be 300 pounds, you know? Right, (laughs) right, right, right. I don't think that's necessary, but, um, just in your own self recognizing like, dang, you know, 13 year old me needs love and affection too. And she wants to be included and she wants to be acknowledged, you Mm -hmm. know, like, um, and I don't, man, 
it just hits home because I have personally experienced a lot of that, just wishing that I was different for a long really? time. Really? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, growing up, my mom, my mom was white, my dad was black, and my dad was not like in my life regularly. Um, yeah. We had visits like intermittently throughout my childhood. When I turned nine, I got like angry about it and Mm -hmm. you know like mad that he wasn't around and then essentially used his absence as a form of like like negative motivation to achieve Uh, Mm. and so I was like well maybe if I get good grades he'll want to hang out you know yeah he'll want to be in my life maybe when I maybe if I get into a good college maybe if I get a a soccer scholarship maybe if I become a doctor maybe if I join the military you know and I did all of those things and that changed nothing yeah yeah (laughs) you know uh and 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 I was always just wishing you know like I just feel like I was always wishing for things I didn't have as opposed to appreciating what I did have Mm -hmm. and you kind of like rob yourself of the joy of the moment when you do that and uh but with that you know it's like I did so many things to try to just figure out where I fit and where I belong. I think that parent abandonment um, affects people in different ways. And for me, it was like, I had this kind of sense of like law being lost. Like, Mm -hmm. who am I? Who, Mm -hmm. where do I belong? Like if this person who made me doesn't want me, like who would, you know, who would want me, you know? Yeah. And so, so wanting to be, well, maybe if I, if I, you know, if I acted or, you know, dressed or whatever, more quote unquote black, yeah. maybe if I acted and then I'm mad at my black side. So now I just want to be quote unquote, be white. Yeah. And then I remember I went through a phase in my, in uh, middle school where I was like, I'm not black or white. I'm Hispanic. Hilarious. I love it. I love it. I love it. And so it. I just, and the, you know, be, being mixed, uh, I'm sure like lots of, you two, lots of mixed people experience this. <laughs> like, what are you? You know, are you mixed? Are you Spanish? Are you Puerto Rican? Are you Jamaican? Are you Brazilian? Mm-hmm. I mean, I got it all growing up. So you so, could, you could work that. You could I work just, it. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. Today. I'm I'm Hispanic. Hispanic. You identified us as Hispanic. I, I did. It. I did. <laughs> I you said were in a doing different identification life. before identity was really yeah. key. Now oh, yeah. <laughs> we just understand it a lot better now. Yeah. yeah, I've been done that. I had a Cumbia <laughs> King CD, two of them actually. So yeah. I love it. I love it. But that's yeah. neat that you can actually find little tidbits, especially those. Like I, I would really sit down with the shadow um, and part X, and I don't really have anything that I can pinpoint or say or even <clears throat> recall. Uh, you know. I grew up with, I grew up with a stepdad and they, I honestly, they were amazing. Um, sometimes I didn't have a stepdad and it was just my mom and Mm -hmm. we were, we were good. And I would talk to my dad here and there. It wasn't Mm -hmm. constant. Um, but again, I never felt like I'm missing something. Mm. I didn't feel like, Oh my God, he doesn't love me. I just said, okay, Mm. I, I mean, and maybe that's just a dynamic and I don't want to put it all in Latino culture or something like that, but it, it's just, it is what it is, you know, Mm -hmm, life gives mm -hmm. you this and you just work with what you got. Mm -hmm. And that's just, that's just how life is. And it was Mm -hmm. never like, oh, poor you, Mm -hmm. poor you. It was just like, it is. Deal with it. And it wasn't any, it wasn't like a loss kind of thing, but Mm. um, I'm sure it did touch and I just didn't even know it or haven't been able to explore it. Um, 
So that's something I really, I would love to um, sit with to figure mm-hmm. out like what are areas that I'm ashamed of or mm-hmm. what is discouraging me or what do I think, you mm-hmm. know, in dark times? Because I honestly, when I, when I was looking at the documentary, I was writing notes and I was just like, mm-hmm. what do I have? And I, mm. I couldn't think of it. But what did strike, what did strike a chord with me was the string of pearls tool. Mm, okay. And that reminded me of something a little bit like the yin and yang. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the string of pearl is each pearl is a similar size mm-hmm. and you can think of each one as an action having the same value, no matter what it is. So whether you get married or you're the CEO of a brand new mm-hmm. company, you know, it's the same size. Okay. It's just an action that you've achieved. So okay. that means every large or small action in your life, either brushing your teeth, deciding just to end a relationship, wake, mm-hmm. getting up out of the bed, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a thing you do. And you are the only person you can put that next pearl onto the string. And within the pearl, there is a dark spot. The turd. Um, Yeah, they call it the (laughs) turd. But I looked at it like yin and yang, because as you can see, you have the, there's goodness and there's positive and negative. Mm -hmm. And they cannot, you can't just have one or the other. They have to coexist together. Mm -hmm. And within the positive, there's always going to be a little bit of negative. And within the negative, (laughs) there's always going to be a little bit of positive. Um, So that key is like acknowledging that and keeping and keep adding to the string no matter what. Just like this podcast for you Mm -hmm. and I, Mm -hmm. I, it's a, it's a pearl. Like it's an action that we wanted to take for so long Mm -hmm. and we did it. And Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's amazing or if it turns out to be a flop. (laughs) <laughs> we did it. We did right. it. Yeah. Like, we did it. And that is amazing. Just like yeah. my book. I wrote mm-hmm. a book. I wanted yeah. to write a book. It came out amazing to me. Yeah. Did it do amazing? Was it on a bestseller? No, but I did it. Yeah. And that string of pearls reminds me of like, we got to remember the things we did and circle mm. it, like keep it. Like mm. we did it. We did it. And watch well, out for the liked, turds. <laughs> yeah. And I like that Jonas like kind of put his own spin on it. And he told Stutz, he said, I... I took the string of pearls and I kind of changed it a little bit to, to say that life is a bunch yeah. of turds. <laughs> yeah. It's a bunch of turds. But every time you encounter a turd, it is surrounded by a pearl. So yes. when you're in a, in a shitty place, Think stop and look around. Yes. And you're surrounded by something good. You might have to look for it. It might not be easy to identify. And I feel like in my experience, you might not find out until much later mm-hmm. what the good is yes Um, but I feel like it's a blessing when you are able to identify it like wow that crazy horrible thing happened that came of it uh absolutely and it it, it's ultimately gratitude it's it is it's a gratitude and and practicing that like appreciation for like for the hot and cold the good and bad the white and, Mm -hmm. and the black the you know the light and the darkness of life like so to just appreciate it as a whole, not just the parts that you like, you know, to appreciate it as a whole, I think is, is how you, well, like you said, that, that's, that, like, that's the point of it. That's <laughs> the journey, you know, like happiness isn't this yeah. finally at the end of my pearl string. You right, know? No, right. It's the It'll entire string. Exactly. Yeah. It'll keep going. And that's yeah. that snapshot. That's enough. Okay. I swear this is the last tool I'm going to even bring so up. Fun. The snap, the snapshot. Um, that's, and I really, really sat with this one because I'm a romantic novel reader, mm-hmm. young okay. adult yeah. reader, love romance, it. nonfiction, fiction. Mm-hmm. I love uh, a good romance movie. Mm-hmm. I'm all up in it. I'm, I believe in that. 
Um, and so most people are on a constant hunt for that perfect experience, the perfect partner, perfect mm-hmm. amount of money, perfect level of success. Mm-hmm. And it's like a snapshot. It's like mm-hmm. a, it's something that is frozen in time that we envision for our life to be. Right. And we are over here thinking that the perfect life exists within this snapshot. So if we can get right. there, we're going to make it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's truly unavoidable. Like we can't, we're never going to get there. Right. It's always going to have like a big giant turd in it, no matter right. what. Right. Um, and that reminded me that I can't try to live or even uh, try to have a perfect version of, oh, but if I just do this, I'm going to mm-hmm. be happy. If I just do this, I'm going to. It's going to be okay. This much money in the bank, then it'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. no, it's not. And what did he say? Like you get there and then what? Like you get there, you, you, yeah. you, you, you achieve it. And then what? And then what? <laughs> because you start going to have that pain, uncertainty and constant work. Mm-hmm. Cause that's what life brings to us. And I love all of these tools and I love the visualization of it. Um, if you guys have not seen the documentary, I definitely recommend you guys do it. It's called Stuts. It's on Netflix. Um, I really, it's amazing. We can go on these all day. And I also love that you can always put this in all of the things that you and I have been learning about, um, with holistic health, which with mental health, with breath, Mm -hmm. with breathing, with so many things that I cannot wait to get into. Um, all of it encompass this, these tools that he mentioned, like IFA, what I'm practicing, what I'm learning. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure um, within Christianity, within mm-hmm. the Bible, like all of these, the tools are there. Mm-hmm. It's, we just have to kind of see them. And he does a good job of putting it into these little cards where you yeah. can kind of see it and say, oh, yes. Right. Yes. Right. yes that's yeah, it. I think because it's like, things especially written and especially in ancient texts are not necessarily uh either a easy to understand or b like necessarily translated in the way that the original text was maybe intended and so exactly. it, I think it's hard to to derive this type of stuff so yeah i love that he took these pretty big you know like profound and sometimes kind of abstract ideas and put them into ways that people can easily digest and use moving forward and and um and that's yeah I, and I think you made it like universal with the yes, pictures yes I love it I love it so, and yeah. I and I thank him and for Jonah for allowing us to take a sneak peek at that um I've never I've, I've always wanted to go to therapy and if I ever do I would mm. want it to be like a no bullshit therapist like that. Mm. Okay. Because I know I don't like, and how, tell me how you feel. I don't mm-hmm. want that. I want you to tell me how to do it and what to do. Because right. even in when I'm practicing my belief, I get these, I get knowledge and mm-hmm. I, okay. It could say, Hey, you have to do this. Or, uh, I don't know. I'm just giving an example. Let's just say, okay, you anger cannot be in your life. Right. You have to try to avoid anger at mm-hmm. all costs. Mm-hmm. Um, don't be angry. Okay, cool. How do you not be angry? Right. <laughs> tell me how. I want you to sit next to me. I want right. you to be in my life. Right. And then I want you to tell me how I'm not going to be angry at this shit right here. Right. So right. when I'm about yeah. to be angry, I'm going to look at you and you're going right. to tell me this is what you need to do. Right. Okay. I know that I don't need to be, but how, how, right. how, yes, how? The how. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And as you know, I have had lots of the therapy growing up. Yes, and yes. I think I did like my first therapist in college. I had like, there was like okay. 12 
free visits or whatever, like with your tuition. And I was mm-hmm. like, cool. I've got yes. like, I think I had like three months left and I was like, I'm going to do all the therapy. Right <laughs> all now. of it. All of it. So right before I graduated and left for the army, I did a little bit and that was like my introduction. And it was really interesting. We touched a little bit on like my identity. Cause I was still really struggling at that point with like the black and white dichotomy and like, mm-hmm. f- like figuring out where I fit. And so that was kind of like my first encounter. And I felt like it was helpful. Like she gave me ways to kind of reframe the mm-hmm. things that I was thinking. Mm-hmm. And then w- when I changed the way that I thought about things, I was like, Oh, okay, well, that's, that's really helpful. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then my next experience with a therapist was um, one who I was ta- I think talking about, was that when I talked about my dad? I don't remember if I brought up. Yeah, I think I did bring up my dad in the next one. And that therapist he asked me, I think he said that his, his like style was like, I think it's called gestalt or gestalt. Okay. And he, I said something about my dad and he said, well, is there some sort of requirement for dads to love their children? Oh my God. And I was livid at the time <laughs> because I'm like, what do you mean? Like, of course. But like now, of course, in retrospect, I can just appreciate that he was, what he was trying to get at was like, I had this definition uh-huh. of a father in my brain. Fathers do X, Y, Z, A, B, J, K, L, M, N, O, P. And my dad wasn't doing those things. So then there was this conflict that I was creating in my brain, but I was creating it because I had a preconceived idea of what a father yes. was. Yes. And my father wasn't that. And so once I was able to change my definition, mm-hmm. not with that therapist, it took a different therapist to like, <laughs> say it in a nicer way. Um, then life got easier for me and I was not crying over my dad at 20 something years old. So I had such good experiences with little, just little tidbits that therapists had given me over time. And I learned the most, the, uh, probably the most impactful tool that a therapist gave me was a life mission statement. And she told me like one week, my homework was to just go find all my values. And I was like, I don't, know what they oh, are I remember so this. yes yes, yes. Mm-hmm. so I googled what are values and I found yeah. this list of like 400 and I pared it down to like 31 and I was so excited I came back to my to the office and I was like okay here's my values you told me to do something I did it boom <laughs> and she was like cool there's 31 now pick your top five and I'll see you next week and I was like oh. Oh, okay <laughs> so I leave I come back here's my top five boom slap it on the table slide it across you know like mm-hmm. I'm so proud like I right. did the homework like now what you know and she's like cool from these five top values that you've identified that are important to you right now, create a life vision statement. And that is how you, it's kind of like the plumb line that you use to judge Mm -hmm. like where you're at and what you're doing in life. So at the time I was dealing with a lot of high conflict with different individuals and I didn't know how to interact with them or how to like proceed in like my relationships Mm -hmm. and So she gave me this tool of having this mission statement. And part of what was important to me at the time was respect. Mm. But I knew that I can't control the other person. So the respect portion of my life mission statement was, I will do everything in my power to foster relationships of mutual respect. So then I was able to take that tool. And when I had something come up, a text message, like a nasty text message from someone or I had to, you know, I was going to go encounter someone and it was, I was already getting nervous about it and sick to my stomach and Mm -hmm. anxious and all these feelings that were coming up. I say, okay, well, I can do like for the text message example, I can write, excuse me, I can write them back and say this. 
Okay. And I would Mm -hmm. write it out and then I would put it next to my life mission statement. Does that text message go through the list? Does it foster a relationship of mutual respect? And if the answer was no, then I'm not going to send that text message because if I'm doing things and my actions are not aligned with my values, then there is going to be that conflict there. Mm -hmm. It's not, it doesn't fit, you know, and I'm, and you're not living your life the most authentic way that you can. And you're going to feel like shit. Yeah. So that, you know, so I was like, kind of like spouting off nasty messages or doing things out of integrity. And, um, and, and of course I wasn't feeling good, but I didn't understand that was because I was acting like out of accordance with my values. And so, so since, since that experience, every other therapist I've had since then, it was like, I just, it was, to me, it was like a no brainer. Like I showed up saying, I need tools. I need mm-hmm. you to give me tools. So I, my therapists know from the jump, you got to give me something. <laughs> some, like, you, some we tool. Know, you just go sit here. I'm just paying you to listen to me talk. Right. Right. I got friends who listen to me talk, you know, <laughs> like I need you. T- I'm having trouble with this thing. Do yeah. you have a tool, a way to reframe or a homework, something I can print and write, <laughs> yeah. you know, to like I love do. That. I love that. And, and I, I, I just find that interesting that like, when Jonah said that in the, in the documentary that he was just like, yeah, all my therapists are just like, how does that make you feel? Like I've never <laughs> experienced that. And I, I guess I'm just like blessed in some ways because I, I feel like I could have totally been turned off, you know, Absolutely. by therapy as a whole, but I just was lucky or blessed or whatever that I, I, I encountered the people that I did. And when I did encounter someone who wasn't helpful, I knew quickly Right. That this wasn't helpful. Like you're not right. doing anything for me. You're just repeating what I'm saying back to me. And that's not helpful. So that's I was able helpful. to just say like, okay, I'm not going to continue with this person. And then you go find somebody else and like, that's okay. So absolutely. I, yeah. I definitely, that is one of my goals, by the way, I know we're, we're cutting it thin, but one of my goals is to find a good therapist. And you mentioned Ooh. gestalt therapy, which um, I know I'm looking it up right now. It's a form of psychotherapy that is centered on increasing the person's awareness, freedom, and self-direction. It's mm. a form of therapy that focuses on the present moment rather than your past experiences. Mm. Um, and is based on the idea that people are influenced by their present environment. Hmm. Um, so interesting. interesting. Yeah. But I do feel like a lot of, a lot of their past come to the forefront. So I don't know, maybe gestalt therapy is not for me as well, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'll yeah. definitely, I'll definitely, that's one of my goals this year to find, find someone to talk to and be patient and be patient. Yes. Mm. And be patient, right. be a better mother, be a better wife, all of those mm. things. But I need to come up with how, like what are actions that I'm going to do that is going to help me do that? Yeah. Well, I'm excited to journey that with you. Of course, as always, I'm excited to sit down at some point over the next couple of days and think about my word for the year. Yes. Okay. Next time we talk, we need a word from you. I'm going to report it. Accountability. Accountability. Yes. Thank you, (laughs) ma'am. Yes. And as always, it's been lovely. Yes. I'm excited to chat again, but yeah. Happy new year. Happy new year. Happy new year to everybody. I love you. And Mm -hmm. um, let's not forget you have a birthday coming up, so hopefully we can chat before your birthday and we can do a pre-celebration. I find that <laughs> lovely. Love it. lovely. I love it. I love it. Lovely. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. So if you enjoyed this, please give a like. Um, please continue listening. Share. Subscribe. Subscribe. All things. All things. Um, we thank you for listening and supporting us. And, um, yeah, we will see you guys soon. 
All right. I'll talk to you later. Love you. Bye. Bye.